Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey, baby Grom, are you him? What kind of question is that? Look at my Instagram. Okay, let's 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 enjoy the mess. Catch me outside. How about that? Huh? Catch me outside. How about that? Catch you outside. What does that mean? Let's get messy tonight, huh? Welcome back. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit up that text line, 704-570-9610. It is now time to trend. These are the hottest sports topics trending right now. Conor McGregor in a little bit of hot water, to say the least. According to letters obtained by TMZ Sports, he is... Uh, accused of sexually assaulting a woman inside of a men's bathroom at the Miami Heat game uh, during the NBA Finals. Allegedly, uh, letters with uh, from the victim's alleged victim's lawyer claimed that Heat security and the NBA security were also in on this and forced her into a restroom with McGregor. And you guys can read the rest of the details on that one because it is Pretty rough to say the least. Conor McGregor's attorney has come out and said that after the video was released by TMZ, because there is video there uh, of the events preceding the alleged incident, she said that the claimant's lawyer has now changed her story and that Conor McGregor welcomes the investigation, which he believes will show the claims against him are false. After not responding to the demand for money made by the claimant's counsel, she turned to the media to apply pressure. This is no more than a shakedown coming from Conor McGregor's attorney, Barbara L. Lane. So that's going on uh, there. So we'll see how that turns out and we'll have more as more details come in. You heard Shroppy talk about earlier. The Kansas City Chiefs got their rings for their Super Bowl championship, folks, and it is gaudy. You're talking about a just ginormous Super Bowl ring to celebrate their championship. And a few details on that. As Shroppy said, the logo has 16 rubies in it, representing the number of division titles for the franchise. 50 diamonds on the Arrowhead portion of the team's logo, representing the 50th anniversary of Arrowhead Stadium. Three Lombardi trophies set with the Marquise diamond at the top. And another detail for you, 16 diamonds at the base representing the 16 players who scored a touchdown during the regular season. A red backdrop created from 19 rubies and 38 diamonds. The Chiefs scored 38 points in a Super Bowl, which was the 57th. So go check that out. It is absolutely crazy. Walker, what do you think about these rings? I mean, at what point, how are rings going to look? 20 years from now when guys win championships. Oh, it's going to be a house on your wrist, I think, is what's <laughs> going to happen. You're just going to start to get... I think that's what's going to happen, is that everything is going to be bedazzled. It's going to have jewelry all over the place, and it is going to blind people. I think you. it might come with a pair of shades 20 years down the line, just so you don't blind... Because <laughs> you don't want to be liable. You don't want to be liable for anybody that goes blind just looking at your jewelry, and you're probably going to have to put it up somewhere instead of wear it out and about. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And I mean, these guys, the rings, they earned them. They are spectacular. And I just think that it's going to be interesting because they've gotten bigger and bigger and bigger as the years go on. Then you can also take the top off and use it as a pendant around your chain. If you were a player, Walker, would you wear it more as a ring or would you take advantage of the new style that they're doing and just wear the, the pendant on t- on a chain? No, I'd wear it as a ring. And I'd wear it for special occasions. I would keep it somewhere in my house, not wearing it every single day. But if I were to make a big appearance and I wanted to have some kind of statement, then I would bring it out and start to floss on him a little bit. That's what I would do. Well, Jamar Chase entered the chat on this whole deal when he was asked in the locker room who was the best player in the NFL. He said his quarterback, Joe Burrow, The reporter responded saying that they thought that it was Patrick Mahomes. And then Jamar Chase responded by saying, Joe, who? To which the room erupted in laughter. But Patrick Mahomes, not to be outdone, sent him a photo back on Instagram with the phone gesture up to his ear with those Super Bowl rings and said, that's who. What do you think about the NFL pettiness for the offseason and what is becoming one of the best rivalries in the league that we've seen in recent memory? I'm glad that they got a Super Bowl ring, so this could go into one of the best rivalries. This was a weird one because Kansas City clearly more accomplished than Cincinnati, even if they didn't win this Super Bowl. But now the fact that they were able to beat the Bengals in the postseason and it allows for even ground that a rivalry calls for for you to have trash talk on either side, it's hilarious, and I love to see it. And so if we see Cincinnati with staying power and Kansas City with staying power meet each other in the AFC playoffs consistently, this is going to be one of the best rivalries that we have going down the line. So I'm I'm here for all of it. And even with Pat Mahomes, him getting involved in some of the trash talk, right? This is not someone that is boisterous like that. He just does his thing. He's got a flashy play style. I don't know if he's ever talking like that, but now if Jamar Chase, he's going to call for it. I like that Pat Mahomes is willing to dish it out. We know Travis Kelsey is certainly willing to dish it out. So this should be a lot of fun. And you know what? I misspoke. Actually, Joe Burrow said that he thought the best player in the NFL was Patrick Mahomes. So excuse me on that. And then that's when Jamar Chase said, Joe who? I mean, uh, Patrick who when they asked him about that. So Joe Burrow gave it up to 15 as well. The Denver Nuggets had their parade yesterday and it was outstanding. The crowd was everywhere. They were so excited to get that basketball championship, the first ever for the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic, Mr. I didn't want to be at the parade. I'd rather be at home with the horses, said that he was very excited, and I can't read exactly what he said, but he said, you know that I told the media that I didn't want to stay on parade. He said, but I bleeping want to stay on parade. This is the best. This is amazing. We're all going to remember this our whole lives, and when we saw you guys came out on the street, actually, this one's for you. So I'm I was critical of his demeanor with certain things and telling him if he didn't appreciate the trappings of becoming a champion, then maybe he's in the wrong profession. So what do you think about Nicola's change of heart? I think Nicola, I don't know if we realized and gave enough attention to just how hard it is to win a championship and everybody else is crying. Maybe he decided and maybe it was genuine that he was more relieved that they won the championship. 
because this is someone that's going, you know, okay, now I got to go back and get my travel affairs in order. Now I want to go back and just spend time with the horses and family and friends because we can make the jokes about the horses. They're funny. I'm here for them. But there's also like friends and family that are there too that he wants to go back and hang around with. And I have to imagine it's not the most easy of circumstances to celebrate. And when you're not celebrating with your family, maybe the brothers are over here. But just when you start to go out to the parade, then it all starts to hit you. The atmosphere, KCP catching beers with one hand and then slamming them down like Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Once you're around that kind of atmosphere, it might bring out the best in you. And so when when Jokic does the thing where he doesn't really want to go and hang out with his friends and he's like texting, ah, I don't know, maybe he's indecisive. And then once he's out and about, he starts to really feel himself and starts to really, oh, okay, this was a good decision. How is that different than anybody else at that age? Everybody else is feeling the same thing. Never has he been more relatable than that statement at the parade. What'd you think about uh, Mike Michael Malone and his get up and the way he was talking out there? I mean, they were feeling themselves as you should when you win a championship. And I'm sure they might have had a little bit of do it fluid in there that also uh, helped them to get up there and be able to say some of the things that they said. But Michael Malone was on one hat, cocked to the side, chain dangling, chunky chain he had on up there. So what did you think about that? Liquid courage is a real thing, and it allows people <laughs> to be their best selves. And that's exactly what Mike Malone was doing. I did like the hat to the side a little you bit. You like that? He looked like Fernando Rodney out there. And with the chain, it looked fantastic. I like that Mike Malone is out here, especially when you go back to all the other postseason media availability sessions. He was out here calling out the Lakers. And by the way, is that going to be a rivalry? I We're seeing a lot of trash talk coming from Denver to L.A., that was actually happening during the series when Could Mike Malone would speak to media. And it didn't seem like there was a lot coming from the Lakers portion, partly because they didn't win a game in that series. But, man, Denver just rubbing their noses in the sweep. <laughs> they just are still talking about them during the parade, which is hilarious. And the like coach it. is leading it. Sure. The coach is the one not a part of it, but calling them out in real time and in retrospect. Mike Malone, he is a man of the people right now, experiencing, uh, experiencing all the glory that is the champion. Yeah, I think it adds to it even more once the coach gets in on the pettiness. And we got to give the flowers to Ish Smith straight out of Concord, Central Cabarrus High School, getting a ring. I see the pictures all over Facebook because, you know, I follow his sisters and I went to school uh, with his sister as well. Well, his sister dated Big Eric Williams, one of your favorite players. So Love I know them pretty good. So they're very excited, man. Got to give him his flowers. He's played with 14 NBA teams. So for him to get that championship, I know it had to be uh, satisfying for him as well. So that was an awesome moment as well to see uh, a local kid get that ring. So we, we saw the celebrations after the game, and we saw Jokic and Jamal Murray go into the pool. And so that just kind of evoked the thoughts of the great championship moments that you've seen, whether it be through photos, through videos. I think about Michael Jordan winning the first championship, crying, holding the Larry O'Brien. Then the one that he won after his father passed uh, when, when he was laying on the ground uh, and, and saying, this one's, this is for dad. You think about Kobe Bryant sitting in the bathroom stall with the fire Lakers leather on, sitting there chilling. So many great championship memories that you think of uh, when you see this. And then this moment with them 
going into the pool. And so what are some championship memories that you have and some images that you felt like over the years that always stuck with you? Yeah. Uh, what are your favorite celebrations? Text us. 704-570-9610. A few that I can uh, recall. J.R. Smith going shirtless, which everybody goes shirtless these days. I feel like J.R. Smith was the pioneer. I would say so, yes. To make it a public thing. So, J.R. Smith. How about Roy Williams? The GIF of him walking into the locker room, dancing, the entire team going crazy when Roy Williams is walking in with a little saw, shaking the shoulders, <laughs> giving a little shimmy shake. That's one of my favorite ones too. That's and a I, classic. Uh, it's such a and, and and also is still living because of social media. Yeah. And it's a great one to apply to a bunch of different celebrations. The last one I'll leave you with here, Wes, is Tyler Hansborough hitting the buzzer beater in the ACC tournament off an offensive rebound, baseline jumper against Virginia Tech. And then does the weirdest walk, run, fist pump, whatever I've ever seen in my entire life. When he's marching back <laughs> to half court, throwing both fists, I can't describe it. I wish I could. It's almost like it's almost like an awkward Dion high step with throwing punches involved. That's what I can describe with Tyler Hansborough. I would also include that in the best celebrations. You yeah. got something, Shroppy? Yeah, yeah. I like, uh, I'll never forget Pat Bev being the play-in champion whenever he was on the, oh, on the bench. Such a good one. That's a great one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, too, Kobe, thinking about him when he had the, when he got up and did the Famous Five and also him getting up on the stage with the arms uh, engulfed, or not engulfed, but just the arms spread out with the confetti falling in the Staples Center. LeBron, when he got the one in Cleveland and him being on the ground crying, the Warriors on the stage holding up the, the numbers together. So, so many cool championship memories. And so I thought, uh, what do you think about Jokic? I wonder what scenario why he decided to throw Jamal Murray into the pool. Oh, I don't. I don't think you're thinking with any IQ point at that point. Like, I think you're 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 drinking champagne. You're partying. Hey, there's a pool. Let's jump in. I might jump in the pool if we're celebrating. It's funny because Michael Porter Jr. I believe is the one that did a cannonball in what is what can only be five foot deep or six foot deep, and he's doing the cannonball in there. I heard Zach Lowe talking about their celebration too. How it was one of the more wild scenes he had been a part of. Has been covering the NBA for quite some time, which is counterintuitive to what we know about Nikola Jokic not seeming to celebrate all of this but he said cigar smoke was all over the place that you no doubt got a secondhand buzz from the cigar smoke that infiltrated the locker room and Zach also said when he was in the locker room he was told by a member of the Nuggets franchise if you are in this locker room then you must be drinking champagne if not you can get out and so Zach was trying to do his job he's like what am I gonna do I'm gonna drink this champagne in order for me to do my job. And so yeah. it seemed like a really fun scene. We can read some of the other text messages on the other side of the break because we got some good celebrations. Sure, because I thought there was some maybe inside joke as to why they decided to go into the pool in the training room. But maybe I was just overthinking it. But when we get back, we're going to get to your text. Talk about Panthers training camp. The schedule is set. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. 
Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Been a lot of round ball conversation on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We'll give you the weird shape ball now. Let's talk about... Carolina Panthers training camp schedule revealed. This was revealed yesterday, I believe, and it starts July 26th. It goes through August 10th, and you can actually get tickets to training camp this year instead of just being able to attend and then, you know, find out that way. Bryce Young, Aaron Rodgers going to be also having a joint practice with the New York Jets. They're going to be coming down to Wofford as well. There's going to be some interesting storylines with Carolina with the Carolina Panthers down in Spartanburg, South Carolina this year. Is this one of the more anticipated training camps that you can remember? Oh, no question, because you talk about the Bryce Young factor and what he's been able to do. The buzz is getting crazy already as far as that. I know a lot of fans will want to see what he's going to bring to the table. And then you talk about the joint practices of all teams they could have drawn. They get the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers, also one of the hottest teams in the league. So definitely that's going to be tremendous for them. And I think that just adds to the excitement of training camp all the more. But I think the Bryce Young effect is definitely in full effect at this point. So you have July 26th, 31st, August 4th, August 8th, July 27th, uh, July 29th, August 1st. Yeah, so I was going with just a couple of the dates there. I was going in the wrong order because it's hard to count sometimes. But those were some of the dates with the Carolina Panthers training camp schedule that you could go possibly attend. And I remember going when Cam Newton was a rookie. And there were a lot of people there to go see the Heisman winner, the number one overall selection. I imagine it's similar because not only are you dealing with a new quarterback, which is going to be a big enough of a draw, but you're talking about a completely different regime with the coaching staff. Everybody's excited. I know we've probably played a part in talking about this being one of the best off seasons ever. Maybe some of us have even called it the best Panthers off season ever. Certainly biggest improvement. If you want to stop short of calling it the biggest ever, I don't know if there's been a bigger improvement from Matt rule and him as the head coach to where we are with Frank Reich and the other members of the coaching staff and getting a new QB and getting some guys that can help you as far as the receiving core goes, as far as the offensive line staying intact, getting a Von Bell. Yeah, it went very well for them. I know we've got some camp stories for you to get to. You hated it. I want to get into why you hated it. But I did want to talk a little more about the Panthers personnel side of things because as you've been talking about quite a bit, You like some of the undrafted or late draft picks, especially in the secondary for this team. You've talked a lot about Ray John Wright, but you also like Jamie Robinson, who could be compared to another star secondary player in the NFL. Yeah, I talked a lot about Jamie Robinson. I liked him. We've talked about him a lot on this show thus far, and we know the story. He was upset, crying because of where he had been drafted, and this is a guy I've covered a lot for uh, the ACC Digital Network that you can check out on all platforms at the ACC. CDN, but Dante Jackson gave him a sterling compliment when he compared his game to that of one Tyran Matthew, a.k.a. the Honey Badger. He called him a pit bull, one of his favorite players in the DB room. And the thing that you're hearing also 
not just from Jackson, but from the coaching staff, is just how much football that he's been able to take in. Uh, safety coach Burt Watts said that it's a lot of inf- information to retain in a short amount of time, and he's shown the ability to do that. He's shown that he can really play multiple positions, and that's kind of been a running theme with this rookie class. And I will admit, Walker, this is something that I – can't say I've heard a ton about rookie classes where so many of them are thought to be able to pick up so much so quickly. We've heard it already about Jonathan Mingo. Now we hear it. We already know what we've heard about Bryce Young, and now we're hearing it about Jamie Robinson. So to get a compliment like that from Dante Jackson, to to compare him to the Honey Badger, guy that's just a a forced turnover waiting to happen. I know for Panthers fans, that has to make you excited to think that you could have a guy like that because Tyron Matthew, whether you talk about at LSU or in the pros, this is a guy that forces turnovers at a high rate, whether he's forcing fumbles, getting interceptions, and it just points to what type of football IQ they're already seeing from this kid. So hopefully he's right. Because that'd be great. If he's not right, then it doesn't mean anything. But hopefully he's right. And we do have our own version of the Honey Badger here and Jamie Robinson coming in and helping him out. Would in he the be secondary. the Honey Panther? He could be the Honey Panther. I don't think that's a real thing, but we could make it a real thing. We can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that is an animal that exists anywhere. Just go up to a panther and pull honey on it. Okay. I don't know if Jamie that's would like that. That's all you like got to do. No, I'm don't. saying a real panther. Yeah. That's probably what it would sound like if you did that. Yeah. And then there'd be a lot of screaming because you'd be in a lot of pain. If you, decided, <laughs> you know what? L- please don't listen to Wes. Don't go pour honey on a panther, okay? That seems like it's bad news. Yes, folks. We're being facetious. 704-570-9610. Um, how much did you hate camp at Wake Forest oh. and especially at Florida? Oh, oh man. I bet it was I bet it was a lot like Spartanburg. It was awful. Um, the person who invented training camp, I always thought of this every year at training camp. Um, I was just like, who came up with this? I mean, mm, so many. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but no, but just the idea of two practices in one day. Because, see, when I went to college, it was different. They had started with the two-one-two format. So we thought we were kind of getting away with things. When we were like, oh, man, we only got one practice now? Like, Because when I was at Florida, we had two-a-days every day. But then at Wake Forest, it went to the two-one-two format. So we thought, man, we're making out, baby. One practice now, camp's gonna be a breeze. No, no, because coaches are very resourceful. They will find something to do with their time, whether they put the weight room workout in the morning, and then for the Deeks, thirty-six periods of practice, which equaled three hours. For one practice in a day, that's too damn much. I'm sorry, okay? But training camp, listen, I called it Groundhog's Day. It's the same day every day for about three and a half weeks. We didn't call the days by the days of the week. It was day one, day two, day five, so on and so forth. Most mornings, listen, I'll admit, I didn't brush my teeth, okay? I just went in to camp for practice. By oh, no. by probably the the third day of pads, we didn't talk to each other in the morning. I lived in a block of rooms with my friends. It was four of us and one block, one of the nicer dorms at Wake Forest. We congregated in the morning to get ready to go to practice. We didn't speak. We did not talk until we started eating breakfast, okay? Everybody just came up to the front of the room. We sat there and said nothing to each other. Because we knew what the day was bringing upon us. Um, 
Why didn't you brush your teeth? Because I just didn't give a damn. Okay, we're just going to keep it real. I just wanted to get through the day. That's all I was trying to do was just get through the day. Just, well, wait, no, get I, me through the day. I need more though, Wes, because <laughs> you're, you're acting like, look, something had to go. And brushing yeah. my teeth, that was something that I had you to sacrifice. You wanted every minute of sleep you could get. It didn't matter how early or how late you went to bed. It felt like as soon as you closed your eyes, that alarm clock was going off and it was time for another day of grinding. You wanted every second you could spare. I'm not brushing. Let's just go to practice, okay? Okay, we'll figure it out later. Wes, I'm not going to lie. You've admitted to some pretty nasty yeah, things man. on yeah, the air. Yeah, Now, um, I didn't do it for multiple days. I mean, it might have been right. a morning or something like that. But it's rough, man. And, and uh, Go ahead. I'm, well, I'm just asking, too, because I, I'm reminded of a story <laughs> that you told when you intentionally peed your yes, pants. Yes, I did. I did. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the first football player. I won't be the last you to do are, it. No, it's fair. It, it is a, a special type of brotherhood yeah, man. that pees their pants. Was that like mid-game or what? Yeah, man. We, it was raining at Boston College, and I knew nobody could see it. So I just said, I need to go, but I didn't have time to go all the way to the bathroom. So I said, I'm just going to go. In my pants, right here. Nobody's going to know because it's raining. Our pants are wet anyway. So people didn't know until we got into the locker room. And then I took my stuff off. And then it was a loud smell. So I said, let me hurry oh, up. Wow. Oh, I said, let me hurry oh. up and put this into the bins with all the stuff so nobody knows this but, is me. But people called you out? No, no, no. Did, nobody oh, okay. caught me. Nobody, I told guys after the game. Though. Um, I bet that was loud. It was um, loud. Yeah. Especially I didn't expect with the that. Sweat. Yeah, when I put um, out, I was like, ooh. <laughs> Jordan uh, wrote in, yeah, that's pretty grimy. Salesman, he wrote in, damn, I'm getting flashbacks from Wes of my days at Western Carolina. Oh, and it doesn't matter where you go. And listen, the, the worst was, now, Florida, it was bad because, like I said, we had two days. It was super hot. And as a lineman. They made us wear knee braces every day. We hated it. We used to beg for practice not to wear knee braces. It's all not to hyperextend your knee, Yes, right? but we were like, Coach, can we not wear the knee braces today? Like, But the the worst stuff, man, people, I love Coach Grobe, and people think that he's such a nice man, and he is. But <laughs> probably the worst camp ever, man, was, boy, did he suck us in. We got in. This is camp. Jim Grobe, yes. for anybody that doesn't know. He thought, we, we thought that, you know, he gave us a nice – breakfast he told us we weren't going to practice that morning we were like man this is a new day camp is not going to be that bad and then it proceeded to be the worst camp ever and i remember when we got <laughs> to <laughs> when we got to the first sunday after about uh, it's probably about nine or ten days straight and we thought that we were going to get sunday off and i remember us Going out that Saturday morning, and we said, man, we about to get it today. We about to ball out, scrimmage. We're going to get it popping so we could get that Sunday off. Get out there, have a spirited practice as we are kneeling on our knees, preparing to hang out. Maybe something. And then he starts to go into his spiel. He would always tell us to go to church, call our parents on Sunday and stuff like that. And then he said, about 3.30, you guys are going to come down here and get taped up. and." We're going to come out here and then, uh, we're going to practice. And when he said that, you could hear a pin drop. Uh, one of my good friends that was the fullback on our team, you know, when you're such good friends with people, you have great nonverbal communication. We could just look at each other and knew everything we were thinking. And he was across the way, and I just cut my eyes over to him as he was saying we were going to practice on Sunday. And I just looked over at him, and we just, you know, just prepared. And we went three and a half weeks 
no days off. There was really no difference between the practice in full pads or shells. It was just as physical. It was awful. That sounds depressing as hell. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Feel free to give your most depressing stories. My mom came stories. to see me. I wanted to go home with her. On the football field, tell us your most <laughs> uh, depressing story. 704-570-9610-704 wrote in. Wes is giving me college summer practice flashbacks. I can't imagine going through that. As a lineman, I went through it as a QB, and it sucked enough. That's coming in from John in Cornelius. 814, I'm guessing this is in reference to your hygiene. That's fizzle, Wes. 256 said, I was a welcome hunter at Troy. I'm going to guess he says walk-on punter. Is that fair? I'm going to guess he meant that. Shout-outs to the walk-ons, man. Uh, Walk-on punter at Troy. We had to do the same BS y'all had to do every day just to kick a ball. That's tough because we also (laughs) had D2 Kicker right in on the text line. A couple of his problems here, too. He said puking with the boys after uh, the 300-yard time shuttle. That was tough. Uh, literally your body hurts so bad. You just got to get to the facilities. He said nothing. And I mean, nothing compared to those naps in between practice during camp, some long weeks, but brothers become brothers. D2 kicker is giving you the entire experience. Yeah. He's telling you all about what it means. And then salesman, as I was mentioning his previous text, he said by day four of camp, you don't give a damn about your hygiene nothing. or your teammates. You just make sure you take a shower before you come to meet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and brush your teeth maybe like in the evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point you got to get that done, but just make sure you shower before meetings, okay? How many fights did you get into at camp? Um, not a lot. I mean, sometimes you might get into it if somebody like on the scout team is getting on your nerves because they're going a little bit harder in a period than what you'd like to. Like sometimes you know how to make it look good. It's going to look all right on film to where you're not going to get barked on for not giving maximum right. effort. So when you get the, what do we used to call them? Um, for different practice days of the week. So Thursday, we might be in helmets or when we're in shell. So we might call them a Wednesday or a Thursday All-American. Why did you do that? Because they'd be out there trying super hard oh, in the practice when I we're supposed gotcha. to be. I was going to ask who were, the, like, who were the biggest tryhards. Yeah, definitely. Now, now, one time on the scout team, we did – we actually got applauded because when we got ready to play Florida State, the coaches specifically told us, they said, we want you to go harder than you've ever gone. We want you to push on guys. We want you to talk trash. This was with Calvin Pace, who was a first-round pick, and some of those guys, we went so hard on them, and it was a rainy, wet, cold day, and we were going so hard that they asked us the next day. The, the starting defense guys, they were like, are y'all going to go like y'all did yesterday? Uh, are y'all going to go as hard today because, um, you know, we, we need y'all to kind of chill out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and if they didn't, then it might be a fight. I would have to imagine. If they did not. Yeah, Wednesday, then, Thursday, All-Americans, baby. Yeah, I mean, in basketball, very different. You would have some of those moments before yeah. a game where you'd have walkthrough and then some dudes would be tryhards <laughs> and be like, dude, we got a game to play. Right, here. right. And it's a, I mean, yes, very, very get out of here. high school basketball compared to college football, but that would be very different. Did it get crazy in hockey sometimes, Shroppy? Uh... A little bit because we did joint practices with other teams. So there was sometimes wherever we did um, <laughs> like an exhibition at at the end of practice. And mm-hmm. there was a few times where that got pretty chippy, but nothing crazy. No. Somebody get de-iced. Is that what you guys call it? Somebody gets blown up? Because I know in football I said de-cleater. Did they get de-iced? You just got trucked. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I you mean, told us about that. Yeah. See, I, I never had the snot knocked out of me during practice. That was only in games. Okay. So. Uh, Casey Steve wrote in, Jim Grove went Shawshank. Quote, put your trust in the Lord. Your ass belongs to me. 
that's exactly how it was, man. Those camps would be brutal. And then I'm not even going to go into uh, when we got threatened during the season that if we did not win against Maryland, we were going to practice in full pads every day for the rest of the season. And we lost to Maryland, and we practiced in full pads every day for the rest not, of the season. He was not caffing on them. No, he was not. I, it's funny, too, because I, I didn't play football, didn't have the crazy football coach experience, yeah. but I know enough that there are the crazy coaches that yeah. are just buck wild all the time. Yeah. We actually had one for our weight training class that we took in high school, and he was a great guy, yeah. but if he felt that you weren't lifting hard enough, he would say some of the wildest bleep that he could think of, and it didn't make any sense. So... What you're doing is you're lifting weights. Yeah. He doesn't think you're going hard enough. Yeah. He loses his mind, gets legitimately angry. We all get quiet. Then he says something that doesn't make any sense. And, of course, we can't help but laugh. And now you oh, got to run God. <laughs> so bad. Strength coaches are a whole nother. Oh, I mean, I have horror animal. stories from Florida with the strength coach there, man. But, you know, when we had to go full pass, it would get to the point where the kickers would always get there before us. And you would be asking them with fear in your heart why you wearing pants. Um, I I have another funny basketball coach story one time yeah. because we we had this big time opponent, our arch rival Saint Stevens. I still can't stand you out there, Catawba County mm-hmm. Saint Stevens, please. <laughs> but they did get the best of us in basketball yeah. every year. One year we lost on a half court shot. I'm not playing with you. Half court shot drained, and we lose by just one point. Mm. It was brutal. But we go into the locker room, and our coach tries to explain to us that we were not the same old Bunker Hill, that we had arrived at a different place where we could be proud despite the half court shot going in. So he takes his clipboard, which is same old Bunker Hill. That's mm. what he writes same old Bunker Hill. So he tries to break it, he tries to break oh. it in half. And let me tell you, it took a long time for him to try to break it. He is putting it against the ground. He's got it between both hands, taking his foot, trying to put a pressure point right in the middle and snap it. It's not breaking. He hits it against the bench. It's not breaking. And at this point, we're frustrated because we just lost. But now we start to chuckle a little bit. And I can't look at any of my friends because the coach, he's trying say ball Bunker Hill is like, Damn, we really are the same old Bunker Hill. <laughs> is we it can't not break it for nothing. A form of torture when your coach is doing something and you can't laugh, but you want to so bad. Man, me and my buddy, we had that with our JV basketball coach. It was like torture, man, trying not to laugh at some of the stuff he would do and say. My JV basketball coach, last story, and then we can move on. My JV basketball coach, I was a freshman. Mm. He was a little unserious. Coach Sifford, I'm sorry out there, man. But she, he was a little unserious, okay? Yeah, yeah. And we had a close game against Wes Caldwell. Yeah. Very good two-way. Yeah. Actually made the state finals against Reggie Bullock and Kinston in like 2010, something like that, 2011. And we were doing a pretty good job against them in JV. They would eventually win. But maybe it was because of his attempt at a win-one-for-the-Gipper speech. We were all gathered around him. And it's like a two-point game. We're down. We're at home. And he gathers us all around. He says, guys. We almost have it in the bag. We could score on this last possession. I want you to go out there, and I want you to make them remember <laughs> the night they played the Bears. Like, this is Coach Boone trying to give us some pep talk. You can't take an exact quote from Remember the Titans and apply it to us and try to expect us to take that seriously. 
We were all laughing. He starts laughing, and we lose that game big time. Oh. Of course we start laughing. You can't be Coach Boone. No, I'm just saying, but I thought you were still going to say that you guys still won the no. game. No, they remember. And he tried to put some stank on it, too. Oh. He tried to be just like Denzel Washington. No. No, I'm sorry. That made us lose immediately. Mm. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We have a few more segments to go. Coming up next is Flashback Friday on Wesson Walker. Again, Sports Radio 92.7 FM. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at keysimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Yes, people are correcting me about who said the make them remember quote. It was Coach Yost, not Coach Boone. I just know it was from Remember the Titans. And so that's what I went with. But yes, it was Coach Yost instead saying that. And I'm telling you right now, it did not help us out whatsoever. Beat good old Wes Caldwell. We're talking a lot about the Charlotte Hornets. Did talk a little bit about the training camp schedule for the Carolina Panthers. Some guys to pay attention to. But as we look here ahead in 2023, we also like to on Fridays now take a look back at what's been going on in Years in the past around this date. And so we can just go to June 16th, 2018. What happened five years ago? Isn't it crazy? 2018? Yes. It was five years ago. That was nuts. Um, you look at Kawhi Leonard, something that I was talking about five years ago and bringing to the radio airwaves. Kawhi Leonard reportedly wanted out of San Antonio around this time five years ago. I remember that. We were all asking how surprised we were to see this come true. Eventually, he would get traded to the Toronto Raptors in exchange for DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl. Uh, Danny Green also came over to Toronto, which was no just stupid throw-in. That was yeah. a legitimate rotation player on the way for Toronto to win a championship. What do you remember from that whole Kawhi saga? And it was honestly one of the more influential trades, impactful trades that we've seen, certainly in the last five, even last 10 years. Yeah, I remember it was just so interesting to see where he was going to uh, end up. There was so much made of his time there in San Antonio and what a big piece he was going to be. And I remember Toronto being a, a big surprise to me. I did not think he was going to end up there. I thought he was going to end up with one of the larger market teams, uh, somewhere like that. And so when he went to Toronto, I didn't make much of it. I definitely didn't see an NBA championship coming. Yeah, Toronto had the pieces to where they were able to do it. And trading DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertl for Kawhi Leonard for Danny Green, and I think you only got rid of like one protected first-round pick. I will say, even at the time, I thought, man, that's that's low. But Kawhi did not want to stay in San Antonio because, remember, it was like his uncle, his camp, they did not agree with what the medical staff was saying, a part of the Spurs organization. He would miss so much time. And now we still see a guy that's really injured, but clearly one of the best and most impactful basketball players when he is on the court. And he brought a championship to a market like the Raptors. He did. That it's it's crazy. It's one of the more fun championships I can remember. I don't know if they beat Golden State if Kevin Durant is fully healthy. I'd probably go with the Warriors in that scenario. But Kawhi was still balling. And that run was crazy. Remember, we also had the shot. 
pit against Philadelphia yep. in game seven that bounced around. I don't even know if a director would allow that to be in a sports movie because it's probably a little too cheesy, yeah. <laughs> but it happened. It happened in reality. So pretty crazy to see that run for Toronto and Kawhi Leonard. We also had this conversation surrounding the Carolina Panthers as we were getting ready for training camp in June of 2018. We were asking about the number one battles and one specifically I had DJ Moore coming in against Devin Funches, who was going to be the number one wide receiver. We talked about Devin Funches a little bit in flashback Friday a month ago, Mm -hmm. but Devin Funches, he'd sign a one-year deal with the Colts. He got hurt and never played again. It was such a fast And then recently tried to make the NBA. Yeah. I I hate to see it. I always thought he was a fine enough. Go go ahead and bring it down. No, that's fine. Um, So, yeah, I was thinking with Devin Funches and what you're talking about with him and DJ Moore – it's always interesting to see the the ending of a career for somebody that I thought was at least a, a good enough second wide receiver, right. but never was able to pan out anywhere else. No, he was not. And so you thought that uh, his Panther career at one point, especially that 2017 season, you thought he was on his way to becoming, like you said, uh, a very solid number two wide receiver, but it was not to be. It wasn't to be. By the way, 2018, just so everybody knows, he was... Uh, DJ Moore was coming in as a rookie that season. So he was drafted 55 receptions, 800 yards, only two touchdowns. But we all obviously know he would become the number one receiver immediately after that. Another thing we were talking about with the U.S. Open going on, a little prevalent here too, Brooks Kepka winning major tournaments. I asked the question if he would be among the young stars worth giving a ton of merit to, like a Rory McIlroy, like a Jordan Spieth, and other top stars. And we've seen guys kind of rotate and do the musical chairs thing, Mm -hmm. getting most of the attention as some of the young best golfers. Brooks Kepka, long hiatus for him, not winning many major championships. But then he just won the most recent, and now here he is in the U.S. Open. We'll see what can happen with Brooks Kepka going forward. But this is kind of a guy that... Unlike Roy McIlroy, unlike Jordan Spieth, once those guys go away, we haven't seen him reach the tip top. We did see Brooks Kepka come back after a hiatus reached the tip top. Yeah, he definitely did. Won the 2023 PGA Championship, and he's got nine victories under his belt. And the PGA just hasn't been able to find that de facto number one guy that's going to draw eyes to the sport on a consistent basis, just like Tiger Woods did when you talk about what he did for golf. A lot of people say in a lot of different fields that someone's the Michael Jordan of it, and Tiger Woods was definitely that, whether you talk about the clothing line, the video game, and all those things. And so they've been anointing different gods, especially once they win uh, a big championship. And so you talk about Kepka in 2017 when he won it, then won it in 2018, won a couple as well. And it looked like he was going to be, it looked like he was going to be maybe one of those guys that could bring those eyes back to golf. But uh, again, we'll see what he can do. But it has been some definite hiatuses between his wins. Um, Also, the last one, we'll go to 2019. And just go four years ago, what we were talking about on this day four years ago. One of the topics I had was how long do you expect Panthers offensive coordinator North Turner to stick around? Who are some of the longer tenured OCs in the league? I wonder if North Turner is going to be one of those OCs that's often forgot about. Like, oh, yeah, he did spend some time here. And people were a little worried on how he would deal with Cam Newton at the time. Yes, I remember that. I like North Turner. 
And I think that there were some good things he did with this Carolina Panthers team when he was the offensive coordinator. You look at what he was doing just rushing the football. He was actually ranked fourth in 2019 when it came to rushing touchdowns. If you go to passing touchdowns, he was a little bit further down in that category. But there were a lot of attempts and the yardage, it was still further down. So like I, I do think in 2018... He was really good. 2019, it started to tail off a little bit. But how will you guys remember the Norv Turner era here in Carolina? Do you remember much about that transitioning from Turner to Joe Brady to now here we are with a different one? Yeah, I remember, like I said, he was just such a a long-tenured, decorated coordinator. And so you thought when he came in here that he was going to do what he always does, come in, run the football, play action pass uh, down the football field like he was so known for in his years with Dallas and different different types of teams, had a couple of head coaching stints, but I thought that he was certainly going to come here uh, and be able to make a, a little bit of noise. And, I mean, he wasn't too bad when you look at the, the points per game. But then that 2019, yeah, it, it was not uh, what you wanted to see out of him. 2018 maybe showed a little bit of promise. Kyle they were Allen middle of the pack. 12, though. So, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. So, so it was a little different there. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe not able to have the personnel that he needed as well. Um, 2018, they were a top 10 offense, though. So kind of weird. Top 10 offense 2018 with Norv. Hopefully Thomas Brown and Frank Reich can get this team to be a top 10 offense. And maybe then we can start to take out some of those uh, bets on winning the NFC that I got called Panther Walker yesterday instead of Panther Max. So we'll see what happens going forward. All right, that'll do it for Flashback Friday. Let's take a step on to the last hour of the show, continuing to talk about the Charlotte Hornets, the Carolina Panthers, more Hornets draft talk. It's all still to come. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.